For many people, the holidays are a time of family bliss, laughter, and celebration. For others, it could feel more like a Saturday Night Live skit starring Will Ferrell. So if this looks like your family, this video is going to help you make it through the holidays without pulling your hair out. You're going to learn my top four tips on how to survive the holidays when you have a dysfunctional family. Coming up. Hello, beautiful soul. This is Christina Lopes, the Heart Alchemist, here to help you open your heart, heal your past, and live with purpose. If you're new to my videos, click on that subscribe button and also on the bell so you get notified as soon as I publish new content. And don't forget to follow me over on Instagram, where I share weekly tips and advice that you won't find here on YouTube. Okay, so if you're still watching this video, chances are you have a dysfunctional family. And for people who have dysfunctional families, the holiday season can be really chaotic and really stressful, actually, instead of being blissful. So this is a time of year where a lot of people get together, a lot of families get together. And if there's any dysfunction in the family, that could really kind of set things, set things ablaze, all right? And there's one of my favorite quotes from one of my favorite spiritual teachers, kind of illustrates what family can do when it has to do with wounds and with the past and with things that come up during family gatherings. And it's Ram Das. And the quote is, uh, if you think you are enlightened, go and spend a week with your family. And I love this quote so much because what it's really showing is that a lot of times we think we've done all this spiritual work and we think we've done all this personal development work and we're doing great on our own. And then as soon as we go spend the holidays with our family or we have a get together with the family, suddenly it feels like we're reverting back to the child, to the wounded child that we were uh, during our childhood and our, our chaotic upbringing. All right. So this is very, very common. And that's why Ram Das had this quote and he used to joke about this a a lot because it's very humbling to be able to kind of understand that there's a part of you that still may be a little bit wounded or that may be triggered when in the presence uh, of your family. So nothing to worry about. This is very, very common. Family dysfunction is very common. So what I'm going to do is I'm now going to share my top four tips to help you survive the holidays with a dysfunctional family so you don't have to pull your hair out. You don't have to worry about that. Tip number one is to decide what you want. So I put this one here as the first one because this is the, this is actually a crucial first step, but one that a lot of people overlook. So a lot of times people with dysfunctional families, they will still spend the holidays or they'll go spend time in their dysfunctional family out of obligation and guilt. Okay, so not necessarily because they want to, but because they have some kind of sense of obligation and guilt that kind of forces them to go spend holidays with their dysfunctional family. And so tip number one here is to really clear the energy around that and to kind of help you come into a position of sovereignty and power, but especially important is shedding any kind of templates, societal, cultural templates, even religious templates that we have on us that sometimes tell us, you know, Family is everything. Family is all you have. You have to be with your family during the holidays. 
This is okay if you have a healthy family, if there's no wounding or anything from the past. But if you come, this is especially true for people who have had severe trauma in their childhoods. These kinds of templates and programming that we get from society is really painful for these people because, you know, here's an extreme case. Let's say someone was sexually abused by a parent. And this person is then raised to believe if they hold on to those templates, they're going to feel this obligation and this guilt to go spend holiday with someone that abused them as a child. And this is an extreme case, but this is just to show you how these templates, how these beliefs are really can be really painful for so many of us. For a lot of people, family is so important and crucial to them. But for other people, family represents wounding and something that they don't want to hang out with. And there's nothing wrong with that. So you have to come to a place where you decide for yourself, is it healthy for me to spend holidays with my family? Is it something that I really want to do? Do I genuinely want me? Do I genuinely want to spend the holidays with my family? These are really important questions and being able to shed that templating. You can even do this, you know, you can just do a little bit of a prayer or a little bit of an intention in front of the mirror and you can just say to yourself, I shed any kind of beliefs or templates that I have that kind of forces me to believe that I'm under an obligation to spend time with my with my family during the holidays. Shed all of that from your system and then ask yourself the very genuine question, do I want to spend the holidays with my family? If the answer is yes, even if you do have a dysfunctional family, if the answer, if you're still feeling an intuitive pull that you'd like to spend the holidays with them, then that's great. But if you're feeling an intuitive pull not to spend the holidays with them, there's no need to feel guilt. There's no need to feel shame or anything like that. Just wash that from you because that's a perfectly acceptable choice on your part also. So to help you make this decision on whether you genuinely feel an intuitive pull to be with your family during the holidays, I'm going to give you a little bit of a mantra that you can repeat. You can repeat this in front of a mirror or journal about it, actually. And this is going to help to activate your heart and your intuition around this this question. Okay, so here's the question. You may want to write this down and journal about it and contemplate about it. The question is, do I genuinely feel a pull to spend the holidays with my family? Okay. Do I genuinely feel a pull to spend the holidays with my family? And you're not going to answer this with your head. You're answering this with your intuition. So give yourself a little bit of time between asking the question and feeling for the answer. All right. And this is going to help you make that decision. Then once you make the decision, either one way or the other, again, no guilt, no shame that you're under no obligation to do anything. You're a sovereign human being. And so all of these templates and these beliefs around um, spending time with family, they need to be shed from you so that you can come to a more genuine understanding of what you truly want and what's truly the best for you. On to tip number two, and that is to be curious and open to heal. <laughs> okay, so once you decide, if you decide uh, after after going through tip number one, if you decide that, yes, you want to spend some holiday time with your family, now we come into tip number two, which is really uh, maintaining your energy open, curious, and open to heal, Okay. One of the reasons why we sometimes have these dysfunctions in families is because coming together with the people that you were raised with can often lead to triggering. All right. So your family, this is such an important, an important pro tip here. Ding, ding, pro tip. 
The reason that family functions can be so chaotic for us is because they trigger us, okay? They trigger us. Now, what's a trigger? A trigger is something that activates within me when I'm in the presence of people that in which wounds were created in my past, okay? So my family, if I come around, it's usually family, usually people I was raised with. This is where a lot of situations occur where I could have had wounding or trauma or painful experiences occur. And then when I get together with those people, uh, what, something that my sister says or something that my mother says or something my father says can trigger me, okay? And then I go into this heightened state of reactivity, and that's usually where conflicts start uh, during family gatherings. So one thing to remember is, I'm going to be curious and I'm going to be open to heal, meaning that when I go right before I walk in the door to my family gathering, I already know that there's a probability that I may be triggered, but I remember that the only way I can be triggered is if I have an unhealed wound. That's where the openness to heal comes in. Okay. So, so remember this, remember this. You can only be triggered when there's an unhealed wound. If I don't have wounds, I don't have triggers, okay? I'm going to repeat that again. If I don't have wounds, I don't have triggers. So triggers are only present when I have unhealed wounds that I wasn't aware of before I hung out with my family. So in a way, coming together and having these kind of dysfunctions and these triggering things happen this can be a blessing in disguise because what those triggerings are doing is they're showing me my unhealed wounds that I wouldn't have seen in other situations. And that's where the curiosity and being open to heal comes in. Because when you go into a family situation with this kind of awareness, with just an awareness in your mind that if I'm triggered during this family gathering, it's because I have an unhealed wound inside of me. So I'm going to take the invitation that a trigger may show me. I'm going to take the invitation from that trigger and I'm going to go right into it to the healing of the wound. This is super, super important. This can actually diffuse, I would say 99% of, of all chaotic dysfunctional family uh, problems that occur and arguments and fights. This can actually diffuse about 99% of them is if each person in that party knows that if they're triggered, it's because a wound that's coming from within them that can really diffuse the situations just by having this awareness. This brings me to one of my favorite mantras. I repeat this a lot in some of my videos. And so I'm going to repeat it again, because this is one of my favorite mantras to helping, um, helping people heal, helping us heal from profound wounds. Okay. So here's the mantra. The mantra is triggers are my best friends. And this is so, so crucial because again, if I realize that I can only be triggered if I have an unhealed wound, then what that's going to say is every time I'm triggered, it means I have a wound. So I'm going to take the invitation and I'm going to go deeper and I'm going to discover what the wound is and heal it so that I don't keep getting triggered for the rest of my life. All right. That's, that's a great way to clean up the energy. So I'm going to leave you some questions for you to work with to kind of help you when you're triggered, to help you work into that trigger and get to the healing of the wounds. One of the first things that I love doing and I counsel people to do when they are triggered in the moment, because sometimes triggers are so powerful that they can knock us out of our peace and our centeredness very, very quickly. Okay. So here's a pro tip for you. As soon as you're triggered, focus on your breath, <laughs> ding, ding pro tip, focus on your breath. 
if someone in your family, let's say you're in a family gathering and someone says something and it triggers you and you, you know what it feels like to be triggered. It's that immediate emotional response. You feel kind of like your emotions are uncontrolled or maybe you feel anger or shame or guilt. All of these emotions start to come up. As soon as you feel yourself being triggered, you just take a nice, deep, slow breath. You don't react. You don't scream back at the person. You don't start an argument. You don't do any of that. The first order of operation when you are triggered is to take a nice, slow, deep breath. Bonus points if you can close your eyes, because when you close your eyes, you internalize the energy. And so you're, you're immediately in kind of a, a curiosity mode. You're figuring out why you're triggered, right? So take a nice, deep breath, Close your eyes, nice deep breath, internalize, do not react, internalize, and then I'm going to give you some other questions to help you work through what may be triggering you. So here are three important questions that you can ask yourself as soon as you're triggered. The first one is, what is triggering me? Why am I upset? What wound is this trigger showing? So these are three, three important questions that you can ask yourself right in the middle of being triggered. Okay. So nobody needs to notice that you're actually doing this. You just take a nice deep breath and you start asking these questions. If you're really triggered to a point where you're having difficulties remaining in the same room where uh, with the person that's giving you these triggers, then you just get up and you just say, I'm going to go to the bathroom and you go to the bathroom, you get in the bathroom, lock the door. Take a nice deep breath and give yourself a few minutes to ask yourself these questions and bring yourself back. Maybe get some answers on what wounds are being triggered, what memories are flashing in front of you, all of these kinds of things. Just ponder these things. If you don't have time to go deeply into this, you can ask these questions afterwards, after the family gathering, but just for the time being, work on the breath to just bring your emotional state back to normal. And then when you leave the family gathering, make sure to get home and journal about these questions and really contemplate and ponder what the triggering was about. Do not lose the opportunity of a trigger. So a lot of times what people do is they'll have a trigger in the middle of a family, uh, of a family event. They'll have a trigger. They'll get into an argument with God knows what, maybe the argument gets really bad that then you leave and you go home and you're like, I'm never coming back to this shitty family again. And then you go home and you don't do anything about it. Well, guess what? The trigger that your family triggered in you, it was pointing to a wound. If you do not address that wound, it's going to keep being triggered by your family or by someone else. Life is going to keep bringing you situations that trigger you because life loves us and life wants us to heal our wounds. And so opportunities for healing will keep being presented to you, whether it's through your dysfunctional family or through something else. Okay. So pro tip, ding, ding, do not forget this. When you are triggered, do not ignore the triggers, work with the triggers so you get to the wounds and you heal the wounds once and for all. Tip number three is to work with the third and fourth chakras. Okay, so if you don't know what chakras are, if you have no idea what I'm talking about, here's a picture of them. There are seven main chakras in your body. These are seven main energy centers that are really important, not just in the functioning of your body, but they're really important energy conductors. The third and fourth chakras are especially important when dealing with any kind of dysfunction or when being triggered or when dealing with a dysfunctional family, all right? 
The third chakra, this is called your solar plexus, all right? The, the third chakra is the chakra of personal power and sovereignty. So it's right here at the tip of your stomach. Uh, it's called the solar plexus. This is a really powerful chakra. This is responsible for giving you a sense of personal power and sovereignty, knowing your space and that this is my space and nobody's going to violate it. That's the, the function of the third chakra. Really, really important. The fourth chakra is up a little bit more. That's the heart chakra. This is the chakra that's responsible for love and compassion and feeling empathy and feeling connected to people and, and to the world and to animals and to everything, really. This is the chakra of connection. These two chakras are super, super important when it has to do with any kind of family dysfunction because you're going to need to learn how to stand in your own personal power and in your sovereignty, but at the same time, having your heart open to continue to love people. <laughs> this one, this one is hard. This is, I can't tell you how hard it is sometimes to maintain that balance between being in my personal power, being in my sovereignty, but also remaining with my heart open, being able to understand and have compassion for the dysfunctional family, for the people out there. And so there's this fine balance because on the one hand, when I'm in my personal power, I don't let anybody walk over me, whether they're family or not. I don't let anyone disrespect me, whether they're family or not, you see? So being a family member never gives someone the pass to disrespect me. That's because I have a strong third chakra, you see? And so as soon as I develop that, nobody's gonna walk on me, whether family or not, but at the same time that I hold that power, I also have an open heart so that I could feel compassion and understanding for the people that are triggering me for my dysfunctional family and for all of that, okay? I have compassion for humanity in general and also for my family and for the dysfunction that everybody has. So it's a really fine balance because you have to keep this balance really, really nicely done because otherwise what's going to end up happening is if your heart is too open and your third chakra is weak, what's going to end up happening is you're going to feel all this love and you're going to be able to understand where your dysfunctional family member is coming from and then you're going to let them mistreat you or disrespect you or say whatever the heck they want to say to you. You see, this is coming from a weak third chakra. So you have to keep this balance, um, keep this balance. All, uh, on on the other hand, if I have a strong third chakra, but my heart is closed, I won't let anybody say anything to me, but I'll also be closed down to any kind of understanding or compassion. And I won't be able to bridge any differences that, that I have with another person. These two chakras are super, super important when it comes to surviving the holidays, to being in a place with a dysfunctional family and not letting that dysfunctional family throw you off of your balance and your centeredness. To go deeper on the chakras and to learn all about them, not just the third and the fourth chakras, but if you want to go deeper on all these seven chakras that I, that I mentioned in this video, I shot a whole video on the seven main chakras and I'm going to leave links in the description box below so you can watch that video after this one. On to tip number four, and this one is called strategic exits. Okay, so this one's very similar to tip number one in the sense that you're really going to come to a point where you are, let's say you decide you are in this family situation, you're in this dysfunctional family gathering, whatever, you no longer have triggers, okay? So tip number four, this is occurring in order, meaning that you've mastered the tips before, okay? So when you, by the time you get to tip number four, you've already mastered your triggers. You understand that if you're triggered during a family gathering, it's because you have a wound. And so you've worked on those wounds. You've worked on all of this and you're in the middle of this family gathering and you're not being triggered, but you're just not, it's just not pleasant. You just don't want to be there. 
It's not because you're being triggered. You've done that work. You've done all of your work, but now you just come to a point where you decide that you don't want to be there anymore. And this is valid and this is genuine and this is to be respected. Okay. Now the similarity here between this tip and tip number one is that you have to be very conscious of making this decision. If you make this decision with your heart, don't let anyone guilt trip you. Okay. So ding, ding pro tip. If you're in a dysfunctional family, the likelihood that they use things like guilt tripping or shaming is pretty high. Okay. Dysfunctional, dysfunctional families tend to use a lot of manipulation strategies. And so here's an example. Let's say you decide that, you know, mom and dad are bickering or whatever, aunt and uncle are bickering. And the whole thing is just a mess. And you decide, Hey guys, you know, I'm going to leave early. And then your grandma or mom or whatever turns to you and says, Oh, you know, I can't believe you're leaving early. Like that's horrible of you. It's the holidays. You're supposed to be with family. You see, this is called guilt tripping or shaming you. Don't let this energy stick to you. If you're going to leave, leave that behind too. Okay. Don't let this energy stick to you because it's perfectly valid for you to not want to be in an unpleasant situation. All right. Now, what you can do is you could be direct. So you can, you can just say, oh, you know, I'm, I'm leaving early, or you can be direct in the sense that you say, you know, it's just not pleasant to come to these family gatherings. And this is why, and you could be open with your family. If you feel like there's going to be openness on the other hand, hand to, on the other side to listen to you. And to be able to do this kind of healing work as a family, if you know there's no openness to these types of conversations, then you just say, you know, it was wonderful, but I'm leaving. You could be direct and you can say, you know, it's just not pleasant to be in these types of family gatherings. Or you can just say you just want to leave without giving a, a reason. But the point is leave any kind of shame or guilt behind. Don't let anyone shame you or guilt you. It's perfectly valid for you not to want to be in an unpleasant situation and to remove yourself from it. So just like tip number one, this tip also involves a lot of kind of connecting with your heart and with your intuition. And, and I'm going to give you a statement or an affirmation that's going to help you, especially if you come from a family that uses a lot of this shaming and guilt tripping in order to manipulate you or in order to force you to do something you don't want. I'm going to leave you an affirmation that you can repeat to yourself in your mind if you are being guilt tripped or shamed uh, as you're trying to leave a family gap. Okay. So here's the affirmation. Sometimes the most loving thing you can do is remove yourself from a toxic situation. Okay. I love this affirmation. So really carry this in your heart that sometimes the most loving thing you can do for yourself is to remove yourself from a toxic situation and not just be there out of a sense of obligation or shame. Okay. So there were the four tips to help you survive the holiday season. And now I want to hear from you. Let me know in the comments below. Do you dread the holidays with your family? I want to hear all about it in the comments below. Click here to subscribe to my YouTube channel or head over to my website where you can download my popular free guided meditations. And don't forget this video on the seven chakras that I mentioned in this one. That'll be great for you to continue viewing. All right, beautiful soul. That's it for me. I love you. I'm out.